interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 107 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing co-host joining me today, Rob. Uh... Well, I'll let Rob finish charging up his Kamehameha or whatever the hell that was. Um, and, uh, and and Josh, how you doing? Yeah. Idaho neighbors. Today on the show, we will be covering the latest books from DC, and we hope you enjoy it. Make sure you stick around until the end of this episode to hear our top three books for the week, our biggest stinker, and to find out which title might just make the dump list. If you'd like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our Discord, as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with all that said, let's get into some news this week, starting with the comics world. Guys, what's new in comics? I just want to say before we do that, I really wanted... My intention was to make that sound like somebody, like... When when you're watching, like, a boxing match or a wrestling match, like, let's get... Yeah, I wanted to do that. Oh. In the back of my mind, I knew it was going to be fucking Goku. There was no way around Yeah, it sounded <laughs> like that. And I don't even really watch DBZ, but... <laughs> I, 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 Let's I get that. ready to go, cool. Yeah, I love the DX version better, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah there's been I like your spin on it. Yeah. So good. Uh, I just want to bring up actually uh, kind of a, a movie industry thing before we get into anything else. Um, if you I don't have any comic book news, just movie industry news. That's it. Fair enough. Which is weird for me. But. Yeah, I haven't really. I've only seen the one thing on my end for comic book news. Um, in the past month or so, there's been a lot of allegations with the VFX um, industry claiming that Marvel Studios is very harsh and very demanding uh and and their treatment of vfx artists is abusive uh and marvel hasn't marvel and disney haven't really responded in kind but it looks like according to this headline they're considering a new vfx plan after backlash so instead of trying to make amends and fix things they're just going to uh go in a different direction (laughs) it's so freaking cold Uh but does that mean like using a whole new team? It looks like, yeah, they're they're considering. <laughs> so they're like, man, fuck you! Defense. If you don't like it, eat a dick. That's <laughs> wow. Do not mess with the house <laughs> of mouse. You know, that's ridiculous. Jeez. Just a little yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a thing that's happening. But that's that's fresh news, so there will be more coming out, I'm sure. And I've only seen one person report on it so far. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for more on that, potentially. Um, on the comic book news that I've got, Harley Quinn, the animated series, uh, was renewed for season four. Despite the fact Yay. that we're like halfway through season three. But I think they did that during season two as well. I think I remember that happening. So that's that's good news, because it's a freaking great show. <laughs> and it's comic book related, so that counts. Yeah, exactly. And on over to Harley Quinn's Soulmate, the the best book DC's putting out right now. Poison Ivy, 
it's officially oh, yeah. extended to 12 issues for now. Yeah, Great awesome. news! Yeah, hopefully Great news. more down the line, but they have a second arc planned. See, it started with Swamp Thing. Now it's going to Poison Ivy. Let's keep the ball rolling here. Actually, yes. it goes back a little earlier. If your if your memory is uh, <clears throat> if your memory is deep, they had the um, Justice League Dark. No, it was. Um, why am I blanking on the name of the line? Oh, uh, Wonder Comics. They had the Dial H series and the uh, Wonder Twin series oh. that originally started as six issue series, but I think because the interest was so popular there, or you know, people just really liked reading it, or some some kind of way, um, they ended up extending it to twelve. Um, which I, th I think benefited Wonder Twins better than it did Dial H, but that's just a personal thing. But um, it's always nice to see when they'll extend a series that's just, it feels like it has a lot for it, going for it. Sure, and here I was assuming you guys were talking about the badass storylines, but nope, talking about run extensions. My bad. I mean, the badass storylines are great too. <laughs> I want to, it's just, the, I feel almost as if like the more stories that i get that that are connected to some sort of parliament of some kind the happier i will be like right now i really want a couple of green books i want the poison ivy book i want swamp thing i want one about um uh what is Ab abigail's if she was just in swamp thing abigail's kid um teffy 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 yes i would i would like a book about her I would like they actually had one. Animal Man that no one going read on right now. No, oh, yeah, back they, in, they had one. Yeah, um, yeah, they had no one, one read I, I, from Brian Cave of all one. people. That's crazy. That's still crazy to me that he wrote Swamp Thing at one time. I've read it. I I'm want, not gonna lie. That. It's not Animal very Man. good, but um, that's that's bad to hear. I love. Yeah, that. I, I yeah. Well, yeah, I will. It, it it is definitely very much a BKV book. Um, I think I think the problem was it felt more of like Runaways than it did Swamp Thing, and I, I just uh, I, I I I honestly didn't care enough about that, so I was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. Um, yeah, that's a yeah, that's Swamp an Thing, odd way to write. More, like Saga or Way the Last Man, not yeah, youthful like Runaways. <laughs> yeah, well, I get it because you know Tifi was a young character, so you kind of want to play up that angle but um it, it just it felt like a very weird take on swamp thing which i give him props for trying something original just wasn't for me anyway that sidetrack yeah i still anything anything give me anything connected to him a jack hawksmore book would would be the shit i would love that um anything connected to the parliaments up to and including a a, a book just about like the, the parliaments themselves, not just their avatars. And I want a series that where it's, it's Jason Woodrow versus um, Anton, like a 12 issue series where it's just them fighting each other. That would be awesome. There's so many different stories I could spiral out of Swamp Thing. Sorry for going on a tangent, but I started once, you know, once that happens. <laughs> problem there um yeah hell i want an, another animal man book but that's just me <laughs> that uh, yeah awesome. that's all the news i've got that's, nice that's been a slow week um from the mouths of uh mikey sutton 
from uh, Geekosity and YouTuber Sid Duel, who are pretty darn, um, well, not 100% accurate. They usually save their, they usually save their remarks in their comments until something has been pretty solidified. Uh, within a week or two, you'll see it in Rolling Stone, etc. But uh, we've got pretty much where the dust is settling on the majority of the rumors within the uh, within Warner Brothers Discovery and how they're going to be approaching their movie industry focus from now on. Uh, David Zasloff is is either shit canning or or incredibly demoting Walter Hamada. Uh, his seat his seat will be empty after the release of Black Adam. Uh, Hamada's plans did include a crisis on Infinite Earths story to reset the DCEU, and that was going to happen, like, right after Flashpoint. That's what he was wanting to set up right now. That would completely detach the uh, Warner Brothers from anything to do with the Snyderverse. Uh, Zasloff has come out and said, while Crisis on Infinite Earths is eventually going to happen, it's not happening now, and there will be no severing of itself from the Snyderverse. Um, WB said on their quarters call that they will be focusing heavily on DC films. They are constructing a 10-year plan, looking for their Kevin Feige. Um, uh, Quoting Zasloff himself, himself uh as we look at the opportunities that we have broadly dc is at the top of the list for us um he goes on to mention the the ip that dc films has and he says that they uh, they they would be missing a a great opportunity to tell great stories and then he mentions that they've done a reset and restructured the business there's a seems to be a lot of question about what he means by we've done a reset but from the from the from the looks of it, pretty much everything that people were excited for has been saved. Everything people was kind of like, oh, they're gonna make that. It's kind of been gone. Um, from what I understand, Rob said earlier that they will be that the uh, it looks like the rumor mill is saying Supergirl will be saved. Now, if we are continuing the Snyderverse, this makes sense. Uh where was it here that he uh i wrote down a whole bunch of notes regarding it but um the uh the 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 other thing that that they were uh talking about was jj abrams bad robot productions part of wb they had cut that deal and we've not seen anything come to fruition Apparently, it's a total of there's a there's several episode based content that was going to be coming out on HBO Max, like uh, Madam X and a New Constantine, but they were gonna there was gonna be a Zat- a Zatanna film, a live action Hot Wheels movie, uh, Doctor Seuss's Oh the Places You'll Go, and um, the uh, quote unquote the 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 Black Superman movie. Uh, that wasn't going to be Cal, 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 Alice, um, which bums me out. Cause like that would be a cool movie. But anyway, all of that is, all of that is still up in the air. There's no word on that. 
everything else sounds like it is definitely decisions have been made and they're looking to structure their DC films around the whole Alan Horn, Bob Iger plan of, of having a, having a dungeon master and, and making it happen. So fingers crossed. They mean it. They uh, Oh, and uh direct quote, uh, quality over pumping out the movies that, that good. they're only going to be releasing movies when they are good. There will be no pumping out movies, which good. is wonderful. That's the way to go. I just have, one very important question after that that news break that I really need the answer to. Did you Shoot. just say Constantine? I did. And not Constantine? His name isn't Constantine. It's Constantine. I Ask Alan Moore. Ask Neil Gaiman. I've heard them say Constantine. Ooh. British say Constantine. But I swear I've heard Alan Moore say Constantine. Or British say Constantine, but I swear I've heard Alan Moore say Constantine. No, his name is Constantine. He he's the most vocally adamant about that, like in the world. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want anything to do with that stuff now. Oh, no, but he's... Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> Once he writes something, he's done with it. But yeah, Constantine. That's the right way to pronounce it. Oh, uh, Zaslav has completely disowned the Whedon, the Whedon version of of Justice League. That's no longer canon. Well, that's whatever whatever that brings to the table. But what happened? What happened in Zack Snyder's Justice League will be a part of whatever happens going forward. Which seems kind of crazy. Now, I'm assuming the reset means that they're going to be resetting the universe somehow. Because you're talking about bringing back everybody, and that's 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 intense. But anyway, I've I've there's about a bunch of speculation. It gets on everybody's nerves when we just sit here and speculate. Probably Brandon's the most. You can tell because he's so quiet. We I just <laughs> have nothing to add. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't really care about the movie stuff. Um, uh, or at least the extended universe stuff. So <laughs> I, I don't really follow it. That that breaks my heart. I want I want all the DC films all over the place. I feel like that's what we should have got instead of Marvel. But you know, hey, no such thing as a perfect universe. <laughs> um. All right. Well, you guys want to uh, move on to comic books, Brandon? Unless you had any news to share. Uh, I have no movie news. Um, and when Did I'm you feeling have any sad, comic book news. Yeah, when, when I'm feeling sad, I, I just pick up a book and read. Um, that that always makes me feel better. Uh, if if uh, there's a piss poor adaptation, um, I don't really have a ton of comic news. Um, all I have really is just uh, we got our first look at, at two covers um, and a bit of exclusive information on one. Um, the cover to Dark Crisis number six. Or excuse me, let me let me correct myself. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number six, um, and I was I was actually in my LCS the other day, and and I saw them selling those fucking Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number one, like renamed or, or retitled issues, oh, and it, it nearly gave me an aneurysm. But 
I don't it, know. It, they'll, they'll do anything to scalp people out of money these days. Um, but we got the cover for that. Looks beautiful as usual um, from from Daniel Semperi and Alejandro Sanchez. Um, and then the second one is uh, first look at uh, the closing two issues of uh, the first arc from Zdarsky and Jimenez on Batman, that being issues 129 and 130, both uh, on sale uh, later in the fall. Um, both on sale and sexy as hell. Yes. Um, and we got a little <laughs> bit of information as to uh, what will be in those issues. Um, and, you know, it's your, your standard um, solicitation, but... One thing I found kind of interesting, one thing I flagged, um, is that in 130 at least, um, while backup stories can be hit or miss, some are great and some are not, uh, this one I think will be pretty interesting. It's a collaboration between uh, Zdarsky and Leonardo Romero, amazing artist, but the thing that really got my attention was that this apparently is going to be a flashback uh, to the early days of Batman and his formation of Zuran R, which we've gotten context for the Zuran R story obviously being a, a silver age uh story from the past and then it was part of the black case book and everything but i don't think we've ever actually seen the origin of it so um it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that is is um ultimately spun uh, and, and how he first devised the idea to come up with a, a backup of himself that he stored in his brain which is still wild and I'm, I'm so glad that someone is running with that i was very bummed that i couldn't be here last week to talk about it because R.I.P. is one of my one of my favorite arcs, um, and it was it's kind of disappointing that no one ever really picked up on that idea. So it's nice to see someone finally trying to use those threads again. Uh, but that's all I Indeed. have. It'll be interesting to see what Zdarsky <clears throat> does with that. And uh, there's still just I want to let you guys know there's still just a little bit of echo. It was Brandon's voice, Rob. So I think it's on your end. But yeah, Zdarsky coming up with a storyline like this is just. Ah, sounds so good. Can't wait to see what he does. All right, um, if we are done with comic news, there's just a couple of comic books that I wanted to mention. Some were great, some were not so great, some were just there. Uh, Blood Syndicate, season one, number four. Future State Gotham, number 16. And Urban Legends, number 18. In my opinion, all great. Uh, Jurassic League number four, though I'm sure the guys here love that one. I uh, it's in the just there category for me, a category for me, and Naomi number six of six. Um, it was no bueno. The whole arc basically was no bueno. There was a couple of issues that were all right, but overall, save your six issues worth of money on this one, and that is it for my mentionables. All right. Well, then we'll uh, we'll hit. Oh yeah, I, like I, I, yeah. I don't know that I have anything else to add there. Um, so, if we're if we're all set, we can turn on our spotlight and uh, shine it on our first title for this week, Harley Quinn number nineteen, which I'm going to give over to Rob to summarize. Gladly. Yeah. This is the. I'm gonna say triumphant return to Harley Quinn uh, that we have left her on the dump list for a good number of months but uh, after taking a look at last week's first part of uh, the task force double x task uh, force double x in. yeah so it's, it's been interesting so this is written as usual by stephanie phillips with art from george duart uh colors from romulo fajardo jr letters from Andwell design and a cover from john boy mayers 
So to recap the last issue, because we did not actually get into it last week, uh, Harley was targeted by a new group of villains after her brief stint, very brief stint in the Justice League, and they are, she, are they are targeting her to join them. This team is led by Luke Fox, and it consists of Killer Frost, Bronze Tiger, Dreadbolt, Lashina, and Verdict, who was from previous issues of Harley Quinn. And Harley agrees after seeing the pain she's going to get, but also on the stipulation that Solomon Grundy can come too. Now the goal is to head to the defunct <laughs> Justice League Watchtower on the moon and retrieve Element X from Apocalypse, which has started showing signs of energy fluctuations. And after they exit the atmosphere, a missile has started to target them. Now, in this week's issue, the missile was discovered to have been fired by the U.S. government, since the craft they are in is unknown, and with the Justice League gone, nothing is being left to chance anymore. Dreadbolt teleports outside the ship and blows the missile up before it hits them, but he ends up dying in the process and hits the windshield like a bug. Because the dipshit teleported outside of his spacesuit. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbass. Um, <laughs> the blast also knocks off course. But Lashina, being a skilled pilot, is able to get them slightly back on course to the moon, albeit with a rough landing. Uh, they head inside the moon base as Harley does her best uh, Captain Kirk impression uh, to look for the elements, but instead are found by a gooey <laughs> tentacle creature, which suspiciously looks like Venom to me, and it attacks Lashina almost instantly. So my biggest question out of this story, as much as I'm enjoying it, uh, the art's quite good. Uh, the plot's interesting. It connects to the, the rest of the continuity quite well. Uh, but why the hell couldn't Lashina just open a boob tube, boom tube to the moon and be done with it? A little Freudian slip there. Oh, tis, <laughs> I tis, crap. Tube, so I, I, I combined the words in my mind. <laughs> that's, that's all that was. Whoops. Oh, that's, yeah, I would have said that, too. That's a pretty convenient excuse. <laughs> the point still stands. Uh, does does she does she does, do they have a mother box? The Furies? I thought they did. Or is it just Green? Um Who all does have a it. mother box? Sorry? Is it just is it Granny Goodness, Mr. Miracle? Uh, and then most, technically I guess Cyborg? The new gods are supposed to have a mother box, if I'm not mistaken. But the Furies, the female Furies being kind of like a team with a specific leader and still kind of under Granny Goodness's boot heel, I'm not entirely sure. But I couldn't find anything online to say that each one would have their own mother box. Brandon, what say you? Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert on the Furies, but I would assume that most of them would have access to boom tube technology or excuse me boob tube technology um but uh <laughs> yeah i can't i can't say for certain yeah well, that, that's just the thing that popped into my head why why couldn't you yeah. open a boob tube to the moon and just go there i'm sorry Get kirby it's it's it is a boom tube no longer no it's now <clears throat> yeah it's it's a classic crt tv yeah, exactly. We, oh, what'd you give it? Oh yeah, <laughs> so busy thinking about boob tubes. Uh, <laughs> 8.75 five out of ten. I really am enjoying this story. I'm happy the direction they're going with this. 
Right on. Um, I'm I am glad to have Harley Quinn back on the show now that it is um approachable again. I was gonna say another word, but we're just we're gonna use approachable now that it is approachable again. This is an interesting team, to be sure. Seems like a pretty good story, and I've got no clue where this could possibly go. At least not for not for right now anyway. So there is only one way to find out, and I will be sticking around to do so. As of right now, I gave this a 7 out of 10. But again, we'll have to see where it goes. I, I gave this a... I didn't read it out of 10. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, we uh, knew that ahead of time. This yeah, time. I, I didn't have the chance to catch up with the rest of the series, or even the past couple of issues that would lead up to Task Force X. Um, which, I mean, it's Harley Quinn. The fact that they didn't do Task Force Triple X and really just go all out on the joke feels kind of disappointing, right. but... Um, just a little. Really dropped the ball there. Um, but uh, Well, well, well like, what if they're saving that for the next iteration? Uh, they already missed their chance. Like, it would have been funnier if this was the first one they did. Like, let's just... But maybe, maybe Task Force Triple X is a little too Deadpool. I don't know. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> it's it's good to hear that it's it's you know uh, approachable again. Um, so I'll I'll have to to take some time out to catch up and and hopefully I enjoy it as much as uh, you guys seem to. Indeed, I've been uh, not thoroughly reading the issues leading up to it, but I've been flipping through them and checking them out. I I don't yeah. know that there's a lot of lead in from the Harley Quinn series apart from the introduction of Verdict. Um, mm. So if you, you can start from last it, month or last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just jump yeah. straight to number eighteen. Yeah, but no, that's that's probably what I'll do. Yeah, well, I I am that too. That's probably why. Like, I can't I can't just do that. I I do that if it's like an issue from nineteen ninety seven, but um, that's just because <laughs> it's impossible to assemble the rest of the series. Yeah, but. fair enough. This isn't impossible. It's just ultimately unnecessary to yeah. go, go prior I just, to yeah, I would I would prefer to be more thorough about it. Um, and that, that would take I understand. Time. I um, can't. I, you know, I mean, some people can, some people can't. I cannot, Rosmo. You certainly can. So have at it, kind sir. All right. But, next up, we have Wonder Woman number 790. Uh, this is... The conclusion of what is this art called? Does it have a formal name? The villainy um, of our fears is what I'm seeing yeah, in my copy, yeah. but I, I, I just I've been calling it the milk plot or the psycho plot, um, right? Which I, I mean, think I is think much more entertaining. Right. Um, yeah, but in any case, this was brought to us by writers Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad, with art from Emanuela Lupicino, Jose Luis, and Eduardo Pansica, with inks from Wade Grawbadger and Julio Ferreira, colors from Tamara Bonvalain, and letters from Pat Brousseau. It's a freaking battalion on this creative team, so you'd right. think with all this involved, we'd have a pretty, uh, pretty standout story. Um, well, I guess we'll have to see. At Holiday College, um, whilst Etta Candy is still imprisoned under Professor Calculus, which is the stupidest name I've ever heard, uh, she is able to escape, and with some help from Somebody Diana... Somebody didn't like Calculus. Uh, yeah, and, well, actually, I was pretty good at Calculus. Flex. Uh, I, I, I just don't yeah, like that name. You know what? I just... I, I, <laughs> I fucking somehow knew that 
<laughs> I, I um, knew that. Yeah, uh, but uh, the name <laughs> Professor Calculus is not a good name. Um, but in any case, uh, with the help of Diana, is able to uh, get the information that they need from Professor Calculus, being the uh, location of Dr. Psycho's secret base. Uh, they're also able, or Edda, I should say, is able to free Steve Trevor and Ziggy. Um, I almost I called it, did I say Ziggy or Siggy? I'm sorry, I have David Bowie. It was kind of like a blend of the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're able to free Siggy, not Ziggy, not Ziggy Stardust, um, from, yeah, from, uh, from Dr. Poison, uh, and are then able to begin their assault on Dr. Psycho's base. Once Wonder Woman arrives and deals with um, Sweetheart... Is her name the Wonder that's Woman what, dupe? That's what he calls um, her, yeah. <laughs> uh, and are able to, yeah, deal with her and and um, have a long and tedious fight with Doctor Psycho. Um, <clears throat> she's then able to smash the orb that frees, I, I believe, frees or kills Sweetheart. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I, there's. If it sounds like my my summary is lackluster, it's because there really wasn't a lot to this issue. Um, we do get kind of an interesting tease at the end uh, as they're resolving the rest of Psycho stuff and um, they're they're trying to figure out how to handle their next operation or whatever. And uh, Diana is, <clears throat> I guess, going to go undercover as as Agent Diana Prince again, or, or is pulling out that old uh, secret identity, but. I don't know. If, if, if my summary sounds lackluster, it's mostly because I didn't really care about this at all. Um, which I know sounds really harsh, but honestly, the, the most enjoyment I got out of this story was the cover, which is a nice homage to the Hikatea. Um, but other than that, I really didn't care. Um, so I gave this a 6 out of 10. The art was really nice. The backup exists. I'm not going to cover it because we haven't been covering it. Um, and that's pretty much all I'll, I'll say about that. It exists. It is there. If you want to read it, you can. I wouldn't. So I didn't. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but it is there. So, yeah. We've had plenty of convincing that we just can spend our time somewhere else better. Um, yeah, this this book, I feel like it's the same as the rest of the entire arc. Which was... Kind of pointless. Um, Diana Prince at the end. This this whole announcement. That's cool. We had we haven't seen that personality or alter ego or whatever in a while. But announcing that she's going to be that for the next operation, like she's revealing a long-awaited movie title, or like she's a superhero on a on a cartoon. Like I have no fear. That that was a little weird. Um, the ending was wrapped up, but there wasn't really anything to wrap up. There was a short dipshit in charge of some misogynistic stuff and evil milk. And then the whole... Um, I'm going to assume that this... Brandon didn't name them, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow suit and not name the person that... that uh, was behind the whole thing. I guess you could say, I'm assuming that this is who was in the TV, the static figure in the TV. I'm going to assume that this is who that was. And they're in charge of evil milk, milk extra. Um, I think the whole 
premise is really silly um ultimately really dumb there there's a million different other things that that could have been used other than milk extra uh the whole arc i'm just really disappointed in nothing i've there's really nothing i've enjoyed other than getting to watch out of candy whoop some ass it was it was all really blah um it was good art good art and uh i gave it a six out of ten okay so i will also not bring up that kind of reveal at the end of the mystery person but i will say i just hope that tease pays off because i don't i don't i don't believe it will i think that's a really weird direction to go it is a really weird direction but I, then i was thinking about that hippolyta mini that's coming up and how that could tie into that so there might be a grand scheme of things coming yeah. But well, well it's not like that's this is the first really time we've seen this person as an antagonist in Wonder Woman stories. Yeah. That's kind of why I want to keep it under wraps. Yeah. Fair enough. And we shall do so. Fair enough. Um, yeah, th- this whole thing, I'm realizing now, kind of reads like a campy 70s storyline. Yeah. It's kind of fitting that they're going back in time to Diana Prince as well. So I'm really yeah, and you know it, Wonder Woman is very retro again. I don't it's know. So here's retro. the thing: if you go back to the odd years, you know, back in the 70s with Batman and Superman, you're gonna find some decent, pretty, pretty good storylines. You know, nothing that's stellar, not on a regular basis by any means. You could do that with just about any of the major characters you go back and find at least decent ones wonder woman though you go back in time with wonder woman's and they make you go oh (laughs) she was kind of relegated to some lesser roles and it was anyway the 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 taking it back in time kind of deal i'm just i'm it's i'm just not digging it it's 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 just not for me yeah well unless she loses her powers again dresses in like mod clothing and has to use karate i would i would love to see them do that again that's just because i i i'm a weirdo it's a twist (laughs) that would be a way to have to usher in the rest of the uh the rest of the wonders she goes and works for steve and edda at checkmate then no 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 i'm talking i'm talking like the what was it like the the nineteen seventy one seventy two where she she loses her powers and she dresses in like I'm sure you've seen it before like like super trendy clothing and she trains under this guy called I Ching and basically has nothing to do with any of the the Themyscira or Amazonian mythos anymore um, but is is just like completely remade and it was terrible but it is yeah, very entertaining. Yeah, it is very entertaining to read. <laughs> now that I would like to see again. Actually, Tom King did a did a tribute to that era in the Wonder Woman like 80th anniversary celebration with Evan Shaner, and that was that was a fun story. That I think that really was like that that got me going. I was like, if they could just if they could bring that back, even for an arc, I I would I would I would see what they would would do. That feels like a Grant Morrison idea. 
Like just oh. just bringing in from every obscure. That's not really obscure, but from every era and and celebrating it, even the ones that are not quite as good. But I think you can do it. I would do that, and I would get hate for it, but I would do it. <laughs> do it. I would do it, and I would love doing it while I did. I'm gonna it. I'm gonna share one of my favorite <laughs> covers in the Discord. Um, I'm gonna just speak on the, the backup before I get into my big question. I I'll, I'm also just not reading the backup, but when I do check out the backup, I look at the first page and I look at the last page. I get the gist of the story because everything in between is just people talking, uh-huh. and not much else happens. Is is people teaching Diana something, and then you get to the last page and some big thing happens, and then the next one happens, and the next issue happens first page everything's fine and that's the fucking flow <clears throat> so that's all you every really single need. time yeah so we have all these artists every single time on this book and not one of them thought to themselves so we have Cisco. he escaped from wonder woman he's up on the roof trying to get a hold of the corporation he's calling them <laughs> so he should be on the phone, right? So let's give him a landline. <laughs> on the roof, outside, there's not even a cable attached to anything, but he's talking to someone. Was it too hard to draw a cell phone? I don't understand that part. It... I didn't see it until you pointed it out, man, but that was hilarious. Brandon, did you see it? I did not see that. Definitely check that out because it is ridiculous to look at. <laughs> of all the faults this arc has had, that is the one thing that just got me. So six out of ten. <laughs> yes. End just of the for day. That. Six out of ten. Well, if we're done being sexist, let's go to a character <laughs> who has nothing to do with Wonder Woman. Nubia, Queen of the Amazons. <laughs> pass that to Josh. All right, this is Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, number three, written by Stephanie Williams, art team from Alita Martinez, Mark Mark Morales, John Livesey, and Alex Guimaras on colors, Becca Carey on letters, and the cover is by Carrie Rudolph and Emilio Lopez. After a brief piece of the present where Nubia confronts Zilla and lets her know that she is remembered, that she remembers her. The book goes back to the past with another flashback. Still the same one. She's in Madagascar. It's a long time ago and her name is Princess Zahava. Zilla is there as well, uh, much younger, and she is like a little sister to Zahava. Um, Basically, it, well, since it is Nubia, Zahava is basically the Nubia of that time. And uh, uh, Zilla is really upset when when Zahava comes back dead from the battlefield. Um, present day, none of that matters, though. They uh, they fight uh, Zilla and Nubia. They uh, She nabs the other half of Sekhmet's abulet um, uh, and splits. She like grabs it off during the fight. Um, Nubia's Wonder Team, that's Yara, Cleo, Baya, Hot Girl, and uh, crap, I can't remember the other two. 
anyway, they they are trying to figure out how to deal with the Zilla threat, and uh, Nubia, of course, says she's got to do it alone, yada yada. Art looks great. This issue, as silly as the setup was to get here, it wasn't bad. Remember that uh, a tree falling on Nubia put her in the hospital. Um, I mean, she's a freaking Wonder Woman. That's 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 not gonna happen. But um, also, let me point out that Zilla was a normal person given superpowers by wearing half of Sekhmet's amulet. Enough for her to be able to be whooping on Nubia, who happens to be wearing the other half of the amulet. So, don't you think that Nubia would have had the upper hand if the if 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 the amulet gives like powers? I guess not. <clears throat> I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I I guess yeah. not. How, do, do we know how many more are in this run? I think just one more issue. Just one more yeah. issue. Okay. All right, that's what I thought. Um, the the last part of my review here, I kind kind of sounded like it was a little negative. These are just little minor minor things that say take a lot of words to say. Um, I enjoyed the book. The art is pretty darn good in it, and I'm gonna give it a seven point five out of ten. Um, this you seem to fly by for me. Okay, so yeah, most of it was just a fight uh, with some dialogue. There, there was a bit more uh, look into the past and then just a tease for what the final issue is going to bring. So there wasn't much to it. It was very much a penultimate issue, but it was enjoyable. Art's pretty good. 8 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, you know, serviceable fight. Um, that's entertaining, I suppose, but... Uh, I don't really have anything new to say uh, that I haven't said already in previous issues, which is, you know, still kind of kind of a dull read for me. Um, so this one got a seven. Yeah, dull, dull, dull is a good way to describe this story arc. <sighs> That's too it. much. Well, what's worse though, dull or undead? Uh, well, I would rather be boring than be dead, uh, or undead, I suppose. So, let's see what's going on in the world of the undead in Deceased War of the Undead Gods, number one. The final, I think, chapter in the Deceased trilogy. I'm going to hand yep, that over He promises that there will be no more after this. <laughs> Thank God. Hey, now. <laughs> Well, let's let's find out who who is right. Was my hey now justified? Tell us I, right. I think that was. Justified. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll say it later. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Are you going, Rob? I I didn't have this one. Did I? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, you sure did. What? Oh, shit. Sorry. I was looking at the wrong note. <laughs> Whoops. I do have it. Don't worry. I did write it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Action. Yes, this is DC War of the Undead Gods number one. Uh, thanks to my little slip up there, I was not paying attention to the right notes. Uh, so this is written by Tom Taylor with pencils from Trevor Harrison. Uh, inks from Andy Lanning, colors from Rain Burrito, letters from Saida Temafonte, 
So, planet Earth, we are back again. It has found new life, or rather old life, as the cure that was found at the end of uh, Deceased 2. Was it just called Deceased? I don't remember Deceased. What, they've had a subtitle? Uh, either way, it's been passed around, and many people are brought back from the anti-life. Yeah, the next stop for the, the, the new Justice League, I guess you can call them, is Superman, who trapped himself in the middle of the sun... And after a bit of a rough fight, they do succeed without losing anyone to the anti-life equation, and they bring him back to a loving family reunion on Earth 2. Shortly after, Brainiac has arrived, heralding an end to the planet, but as it turns out, he was left in pieces as the new gods have turned to anti-life themselves, and he has instead come with a warning to prepare for the end. So, uh, okay, for me, Fantastic Series is <laughs> making a triumphant return. I think this one's going to be bloody. Um, my big question is who's going to die first? And I, I, I did that was Supergirl. Jesus yeah. Christ! I, I was actually, I was actually just going to say I forgot. I when I was writing this earlier today, I was like, oh, I forgot to write down Supergirl. But then I got busy, and I just remembered I forgot to mention. Supergirl. So yes, Supergirl. I did. I did not <laughs> the see them killing her so beginning. soon. Yeah, I mean, and I don't they know didn't why. specifically I show it, I think, but she was definitely well, getting like taken, <clears throat> like run down by the new gods yeah, who were yeah. who she are was now getting deaded, dude. owned by hundred percent for sure lady. getting deaded. I think so, which is just crazy. So this, folks, is a Supergirl, uh, fresh from Krypton, um, where she was rocketed away and then woke up. Instead of Earth, her parents sent her to New Genesis to live with the new gods, gods. instead of the primitives that Kal-El's parents sent him to live with. Uh, but when she arrived there, the new gods have been taken over by the anti-life equation, as per Darkseid. Thank you, Cyborg. Uh, and it's all, now... All while a message is playing, talking about how great her life is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. Uh, so that's and she, dealing with new powers at that. Like she, she used her heat vision and she's like, "What the fuck?" But it's it's just right? like five five minutes of what the fuck over and over again. If you you can end up on that planet, so yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll say who will die second because <laughs> there's definitely going to be some deaths. Um, oh yeah, for it's sure. It's a Tom Taylor book. It's it's zombies. It's going to happen. It, yeah, it's DC. Yeah. So yeah. And I'll say if if if, he, if he a guy can make you give a shit about Creeper, yeah, then he can make you give a shit about anybody, and you need to have your defenses up. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I'm yeah. saying. So I'm excited. It's finally back. It is, as they say, the final chapter in the deceased saga. We'll see if there might be a, another side book, like a three issue mini, maybe online or digital first or whatever. But I doubt it. Uh, this looks to be the, the end of the story because Darkseid's really the only loose end left. And now we know where he's been. He's been on New Genesis getting busy. So I gave this an 8.75. The art is as interesting and, and good as it has been in the previous chapters. And the storyline is just as interesting. Yeah. Um, again, uh, killing Supergirl right off the bat. I should have saw it when they started talking about her immediately, I should have just known, oh, she's going to die. 
That should have yeah. should have registered in my damn head. It did not. Yeah. Uh, Clark coming back. Uh, the Al- the Alfred in this story. That that tug at my heartstrings. Um, Br- Brainiac going to the to the uh, heroes on Earth too and asking for help. That was kind of like whoa. Um, the thing that I like about Taylor is the fact that he does pull stuff from way out in left field and makes it a story and, and throws in emotion and shit. And, and, and at least this kind of setting, it, it works really, really, really well. And the worst part about this book is that it made me realize that I never once even considered what the hell the, good, the new gods were up to or doing or being affected or anything while the rest of the DC story was happening. Never even thought about him once. It didn't cross my mind once. Not now. Now I'm being forced to think about it. The idea of Zombie Orion frightens me. Oh yeah. And uh, the, even worse. <laughs> what the hell? Um, <laughs> art. The art is always good in the deceased books. It's always good wherever Taylor goes. Um, this isn't any different. This also gets uh, a small amount of bonus points for calling uh, Clark Smallville 8.5 out of 10. All right, Brandon. Oh, right. Sorry. Um, Yes, yeah. Um, So, uh, don't kill me. Uh, I also did not read this one. Um, Oh. That was also a very deliberate choice because... um, when DC's Dead Planet came out, was that 2020? Um, God, it feels like so long ago. The sequel to DC's. I know, right? Yes. Um, I was reading that one monthly, and I, and I read the first series monthly as well, and I realized very quickly, at least for me, that this is a book that I just I cannot read month to month because for, at least for Dead Planet, it was like pulling teeth. Um, it, it wasn't terrible, um, but it was a story that I, I just really didn't like, and I was slowly getting tired of it. So, at least for this series, I'm just going to wait until it's complete. And at that point, I will finally finish the rest of the se- Well, I mean, I've read everything else up until, but um, I, I will finish the series proper. But I just, I can't, I can't read this book as a monthly because it will, it will just. If if I do, I'm I just going to be really negative we've... on it and. Yeah, I think it, we've talked not, about this before, actually. Yes, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Deceased, which I'm sure is not the most popular opinion. I thought the first one was fun, and then Dead Planet was just kind of a wash for me. Um, but um, it kind of Ooh. lost its novelty very quickly. Um, but <clears throat> I'm just. I'm gonna wait until this is a complete story, and then I'll go back read the whole thing, and hopefully this will be more satisfying than the last one was. So. I just I can't I, I, I can't hope do it monthly find again. It that way too. Yeah, it just yeah. after after the last time, um, it was uh, yeah it was it was it was not you pleasant. Just can't, just, if I if I if I had been her. yeah if I had been on the podcast with you when that book was coming out, you would have thought I had a personal vendetta against Tom Taylor the way I was <laughs> bad mouthing that book uh, month to month. Um, it was just so, and I, and I I recently read reread the whole thing like as a whole and I was like actually it wasn't that bad um but I think just as a monthly I was like yeah fuck this shit um so <laughs> I'm wait I'm gonna I wait until it's all done it. and then and then I will I will uh see what it's all about fair enough 
Yeah. These, at least you're still reading it, right? You're giving it, giving it. Its I will, fair I will, because I, I do want, I want to at least see how it ends. Because um, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that the new god stuff was not even on your radar. Because that was actually the biggest mystery for me. Um, since there was like a whole plot in, I think one of the one shots they did, and also in the sequel where they're like, you know, apocalypse is destroyed and dark side was infected. Like from the very beginning with the virus, um, and they never really touched on that, and I was waiting for them to finally get back to it. So I want to at least see how that is all wrapped up. But I just um, uh, the longer the story went on, I just assumed that dark side dark side was gone. If, if apocalypse apocalypse was destroyed, I just I started interpreting interpreting that as like it was literally destroyed and everybody's gone. I was like, yeah, okay, no yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I, I want to see. I want to see now how that all plays Ryan. out. Yeah. Um, oh no! Oh, zombie ambush bug. Zombie ambush bug. Uh, don't, don't ever say that word bug. again. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> <That's not laughs> Unless really Keith weird. Giffen is doing that, I feel like that would actually be pretty funny. But uh, but I don't I don't want I don't want to see anyone else do that. He'd have all the the negatives of being uh, and taken over by the anti-life equation, just wanting to like attack people and scratch them, but still yeah. have his motor mouth. Yeah. Wait, a fucking amalgam comics where it's kind of, sort of an amalgam comic. And, that's and that's why like, I would only want Keith Giffen yeah. to do it because I feel like everyone else they would make him emo and that would just be lame as hell. But yeah, I feel yes, like Keith Keith would would really like it. Would it would play it up as like. Yeah, I'm dead, but like I'm still kind of a jokester, and that would be really funny to me. I feel like there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of jokes that you could run with that. Like, man, and I thought being alive was bad. Right. <laughs> we'd, we'd, that's we'd that's only like the the, the you know thirty five different kind yeah. of brains jokes. Yeah, exactly. Like some, someone someone could really make it funny. We, a zombie Deadpool versus zombie ambush book. Oh gosh, <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's it for the uh, for the spotlight, eh? It is. So before we get into our main reviews, let's take a quick break. So we will be right back. Stay tuned. And we're back, and we're going to kick it off with our first book for our main reviews this week, and that is Superman: Son of Kal El, number fourteen, introducing the new character of Gossamer. Although new maybe isn't the best word, so I'm going to pass that over to Rob. Yeah, I'll put new with a little bit of an asterisk right next to it. Yeah. Uh, so this is Superman Son of Kal-El number 14, written by Tom Taylor, with art from Chian Tormi, colors from Frederico Blee, and letters from Dave Sharp. So Lois is addressing the nation as the new face of the truth, revealing all the secrets Henry Bendix once kept secret, such as his superhuman program and how he's selling these new superpowered people to other countries for high values. And in preparation for retaliation, Bendix activates a shield over all of Gamora. And, well, he was right to do so as the revolutionaries from the Suicide Squad have joined in full, including Zebra-Man. Yet this is the only time you see Zebra-Man. I was very disappointed about that. He didn't even, like, grunt. And nobody asked him why he looks like a zebra. I guess it's a Harley Quinn thing. I don't know. Zebra-Man? <sighs> Uh, so I actually have a point about that later, but we'll get to that. So, Zebraman, you don't know who Zebraman is? I I know Zebraman. I I, but specifically from 
Tom Taylor Suicide Squad because they made a they made a, they made a point about his power set in that book and why he's called Zebra Man instead. Uh, it was just a, a joke from Harley Quinn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So as John meets them all, they work out a plan. Him and Jay uh, begin telling the plan to the revolutionaries, rather. And he also sets the, the rule of no killing. But Osita, uh, the leader, has an issue with that as they typically do whatever is necessary to survive. And if a super-powered monster is about to crush one of them, they won't have a choice but do what they have to do. It's war. And as John states, those aren't monsters, they're captives of Bendix, and this isn't a war, it's a rescue mission. They're saving the people of Gamora from Bendix. Uh, so the lot start to feel like John is against them, but then Damien appears to set them straight, and when and he just says, when Superman is around, you just have to do better. That's the way it is. So they reluctantly agree to do their best, and John and Jay then head out to the fortress to grab a little something, a suit from the future. Uh, from a hero that is unnamed, John then gives it to Jay as everyone knows his identity in the truth, so now he needs to protect it while he's on this mission. And while they never actually gave him the name Gossamer in the issue, you could tell it was Gossamer from the cover. Uh, so he also gives him a ring, a Legion flight ring. That's all the ring is. That's all. For now. They then fly <laughs> way above Gamora, and the plan is that Jay will fall past the shield and fly into a building housing the controls. However, John does not want to just drop him. So Jay literally slips through his fingers and, and gives him a peace sign and pulls off an impressive display of mid-flight parkour. Running past guards until he finds the control room, but it's surrounded by scientists, so he can't be tangible to push a button. John tells him to just... Tell them what's going on. Tell them the truth. So he does. And what he's there to do. He's there to stop Bendix. So one of them agrees and helps them. So the shield drops and the revolution begins. And during the fight, Dreamer has a vision and tells John to go find Jay because he needs him. And he does just in time for Jay to meet his first foe as a fully-fledged superhero, his own mother, complete with monsterized superpowers. So, lots of cool moments. I think the art was quite well. Um, and I'm happy to see we've reached the point where we're getting to uh, somewhat of a conclusion to a lot of the, the story beats but my biggest question and obviously I, I'm going in with the fact that I don't know everything about Zebraman I don't know his whole history but just from I don't know Tom anything Taylor's past, story yeah that I don't know anything past that yeah so I don't even. I don't think he was a Tom Taylor creation. I think he existed before that Suicide Squad story. But his power really there, if I remember right, was just teleportation. Or yeah. no, it was was it teleportation? Or, or was no. it shields? No, it was like a. Yeah, he he could contain shields. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Never mind. Yeah, for some reason in my mind, yeah, he, could he could teleport. He could make a bubble, like like yeah, like the invisible world. Right. Yeah. Okay, so never mind, because I was thinking he could teleport, and I was like, why doesn't Zebraman just teleport everybody in? But no, it's he makes a dome. That's right. Still doesn't make sense why he... Uh, he looks like a zebra, but the power set is really weird. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm enjoying it still. Uh, it's not dragging as much now. We're going somewhere, so I'm happy about that. And the art is still, I think quite consistent at least compared to other books we have so 8.5 out of 10 for me um 
at this point though it's issue 14 i'm just curious to see where they're gonna go after we're done with this yeah it looks like we're getting near the end um it's it'll be i'm just spitballing here by the time they finish this maybe 17 18 issues that's a year and a half worth of just this story so where do you go from there I believe Tom Taylor would have a plan, but he also tends to just write one story and then move on. So what's going to happen after that? I, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, it does feel like it's kind of heading for a conclusion. Like a like a conclusion conclusion, like the end. Um, which, I, I that could just be total speculation, but I don't know. I, I Reading this issue, at least, I kind of got the, the feeling like this is... This is shaping towards the ending, which would be kind of convenient timing, considering that they're doing the big Cal returns thing, which would, you know, well, I guess we'll have to see, but it would kind of give them a very easy segue into, and now, you know, Superman or Clark proper is is uh, is is back on Earth and is Superman, um, and they can kind of just transition back to, um, you know, having Clark in superman title in action comics that could be again that's just total speculation but i i don't know i i, it, I can see how that's lining say, up it, it pretty like, well yeah yeah it, it does kind of feel like this story is heading to its its conclusion like rob said so yeah uh, I, I gave this one an eight out of ten uh, it's it's better than previous issues um at least feels like we're finally getting to where we have wanted to be like the big you know showdown with gamora and everything so I'm hoping that this is not dragged out, um, but uh, but yeah, no. At least we're at least we're finally going places. Uh man, yeah. Uh, wait, what did you give it, Brandon? Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. For me, the battle was on, man. Um, it's the setup paying off, beginning to pay off. In any case, um, that we got way back with Taylor's Suicide Squad, which I absolutely love there i've been waiting for the gamora Corps to get their asses kicked ever since then um jay's new suit i think is okay as far as like the all white and sleek modern futuristic kind of suits that we've been getting um jay's is way better than clown hunters uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i i i uh at the end man i thought that they would be using his mom as a hostage that is not the case. I did not see that coming, though. Um, the 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 crawl of the story may have gotten to y'all or to some people, but for me, it was definitely worth it. I loved it. Eight point five out of ten. Right on. All right. Well, with that, we'll move on to our next book for this week: Batgirls number nine. Uh, this is brought to us by. A team from earlier before. I don't have a good segue for that. They kind of already know who they are at this point. Uh, but that is Michael W. Conrad uh, with uh, Becky Cloonan. Uh, art this time from Neil Gouge or Gouge. I'm not sure what the exact pronunciation is. Uh, colors from Rico Renzi and letters from Becca Carey. Uh, this is, I think, kind of like a, a one shot. Or I'm not. I'm not really sure. It didn't. It didn't. It's not like the start of a new arc. It might just be kind of. Continuing the story, but not the start of you know a long uh, multi-part arc. Um, I think, I, I think it feels like it's just a filler issue with a with a with a yeah, setup at um, the you know last end. 
basically, yeah. Um, but yeah, this Caesar here is kind of decompressing after everything uh, that they've gone through in the past couple of issues, um, while also teasing some stuff to come. Uh, they've been playing out this uh, this Hill Ripper mystery, and we're trying to get some more information on that. But first, the bad girls have to deal with KG Beast, and they have a fun little tete with uh, with him. Uh, I gotta say though, um, KG Beast, for someone who had almost killed Ronald Reagan, my God, you have fallen so far. Like you can't even handle the Batgirls now. How pathetic! Um, hey. This, hey this now, is hey a guy now, hey who had assassinated Ma ten CIA officials and had Batman on the run, and literally almost had uh, Ronald Reagan like in his death throes in, in Ten Nights of the Beast, which is a hilarious story. And these days, he's fighting the Batgirls and can't even handle that crap. So I'm just saying, man, like, Anatoly, your, your, your better days are behind you. Although Ronald Reagan, so that tells you... Even... Devil's Advocate yeah. here, but Ronald Reagan, so that tells you how old KG Beast is. All right. And let's face it, right now, KG Beast is, like, the busiest C-list villain in all of DC. This dude is everywhere. He's even a zombie. Well, right I, I was going to say with this <laughs> with the sliding timeline, he's probably he probably didn't actually fight Ronald Reagan. It's probably like Obama now or something. I don't know, but the, the my point is he <laughs> right. he went from a nearly successful assassination attempt on, you know, a president to struggling with fighting the Batgirls in the hills. So, like I'm saying, how how far we have fallen. Um you know, once oh, they're uh, finished dealing with KGB, they make their Cassie. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, again, again, I'm just saying. Like, this is a guy who had multiple, multiple, multiple plans, and now is like, you know, can can barely handle, um, you know, the rest of the Bat family. Um, C-list, dude. You're after after they. Yeah. yeah. Well, now he's C-list. Um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so after they made their way through. Uh, KG Beast rather easily. Um, they're, I guess, kind of shocked to find that uh, Mr. Green, the, the man that they had suspected to be the Hill Ripper, is actually dead. And oh my god, all those bags that he was carrying around were just full of not body parts, not like real body parts, but just wooden body parts. Oh my goodness. Um, so, as it turns out, the Hill Ripper is still out there and is still quite a mystery. Um, they're checking in with Babs and everything, trying to figure out. And that's when they uncover that at the scene of the crime um, with uh, all those prosthetics or, or whatever Mr. Green was lugging around, they uncover a secret, uh, a secret letter that was in one of the eyes. And that letter is, in fact, coordinates. Coordinates that will lead to a location. But what will that location be? Well, I guess we'll have to see uh, and ultimately find out in the next issue of Batgirls. Um, as far as uh, as a, uh, I don't know, filler-ish issue, uh, I guess you could call it, it was fine. Still pretty fun. Um, I'm not in love with this art. Um, honestly, probably some of the weaker art we've had, but, um, you know, I, I think I was enjoying elements of the story enough that I was willing to give it a pass. But, um, yeah, this, 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 as far as filler-ish issues go... Um, this is definitely not one of the best. It's not one of the worst, but it's definitely not one of the best. And it kind of feels like, okay, we're just taking a breather before we really get back into the story um, while also setting up some stuff. So we'll see how that all plays out. But um, yeah, it was just kind of like, just kind of a 
decent issue is, is how I would describe it. Like it, it serves its purpose, but it's it's not knocking down any doors. So I gave this a seven point five out of ten. Yeah, it's not knocking down any doors. I think it's funny. I thought that the uh I thought the art is great throughout. Um I I feel like this issue, yeah, it's it's like half filler, half setup for a setup kind of thing. That's almost I don't know, it's hard to describe, but um I feel like it stepped back and set up to do exactly what it wanted to do, which was just have fun with the story. Um with a little tiny bit of setting up the, the next arc. I I actually enjoyed this issue. I've been warm and cold on this, but uh, I, I, I like how they made it so that they've become like urban heroes rather than street vigilantes. There's there's people promoting them on, on, on radio shows now saying people need to aspire to be like them. Uh I feel like this issue better than any other out of the uh, out of the eight or nine that we've gotten from them. Um, I feel like this one has had the best balance of narrative and humor, and I want them to keep like like grab onto that and carry it forward with the series, and I'll be sold a whole lot more. Um, doesn't always have to be funny, but I mean, with these two characters, we 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 expect heavy sarcasm, and then you know, I mean, Babs is the original Batgirl. She's just as bad. She's just we're used to seeing her with Dick. That's all. Um, I I, I really like this one, and uh, I hope I hope they keep it going. This energy here, uh, eight out of ten. Um, I, I just need to point out that Brandon going off about KG Beast, how he killed 10 CIA agents and gave Batman a run for his money and nearly assassinated President Reagan and that story was hilarious what was hilarious about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know it's it's just, it's a very it's a very dated story Um, I would say it's very wrapped up in, in 80s uh, geopolitics isn't quite the right word, but um, it, it is very much a bullshit. story of its time. Yeah, it is very much yeah. a story of its yeah. Cold War bullshit is how I describe it. It's very much a story of its time that could only exist then, and I think that's why I had so much fun with it because KG Beast is just the at least in that story is the most stereotypical portrayal of the the Cold War crusader of someone who is wholly dedicated to the Soviet Union. And it, it just makes it, it makes it a lot more comical where you have um, uh, Batman thrown up against that. And it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to I got to take a side in this in this eternal debate. Um, but I, I think the thing that just made me laugh was like they talk about assassinating the president, but actually physically seeing Ronald Reagan show up. And they're like, yeah, well, like we we gotta figure out, we gotta figure out how to keep you safe, President Reagan. Like we don't want KGBs to get you and and <sighs> cause uh, you know international war between the the Soviets and the U.S. Um, I don't know. For me, I found that to be incredibly comical. Um, and and I, I I would recommend Ten Nights of the Beasts with the caveat that it, it is very dated. Um, and the more familiarity you have with um, with uh, 80s era politics at least as as it's related to Cold War uh, the better you will enjoy that story um, so he's telling you uh, that it'll read like a Tom King book 
No, not really. Not um, well, I mean, but I meant dated language and in, in, in political talk. Well, I don't think Tom King is really dated. Um, I guess sometimes he has political talk, but uh, no, it's it's very yeah, it's very much just like what you might expect from uh, from. Well, I, I guess it's not really true. Nineteen eighty books from the eighties <laughs> were yeah, um, yeah. It's it, what I'll say is is it's very much a product of its time. Um, it's it's a book that that uh, you could only really make at that at that time. Although I would love to see someone try and do a Ten Nights of the Beast um, in in today's politics. Um, certain, certainly, <laughs> you make could make it work, good, yeah. But uh, although I guess, well, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, that's that's why I find it very funny to answer your question. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Okay, I was really curious about that. Uh, as for Batgirls, I, I can agree with you that that KG Beast would definitely got nerfed here a little bit. This this is a guy that shot Dick Grayson in the head from God knows how many yards away with an arm cannon, but couldn't hit two teenage girls that were like twenty feet away. So I don't know. Definitely more arrow version of Anatoly than. <laughs> than hardcore KGBs. Yeah. I don't know. Um, story, though, I think was was pretty cool. It was uh, a welcome introduction to this story compared to the stuff we've had so far. I'm excited to see the future of this book now that we're past the intro stories and the magistrate nonsense. Let's just leave the magistrate oh, in the yes. past where it belongs. Let it die Jeez. with Simon Saint. We're, we're done with that. Just, it's it's alive in future state Gotham, and even then it's only there by like mention only that's fine maybe that's what felt so different about this book is that it felt like it was a lighter read it felt funner to read maybe it was just because all that shit was gone maybe yeah it was being bogged down by fucking fear state runoff maybe so i don't know yeah it's it's going in a new direction it's going in its own direction it's telling its own stories which is what it should have been doing this whole time including for some reason killer moth so i'm curious what the hell he's got to do with all this uh maybe the the first word in his name has a lot to do with it we will find out uh the art was i think at least for me an improvement but i say that very loosely because i didn't hate the art in previous issues i just didn't like Cass's cape so this is a lot (laughs) easier to view for me uh so i gave it an 8.5 out of 10 this is definitely the pace we want to keep. Cool. I will say one final thing about uh, about good old KG Beast. There is a very entertaining follow-up to Ten Nights of the Beast that I actually read recently, where there is a right. a protege. You might even you might even call him KG Beast's Robin, called and I I kid you not, NKV Demon, um, written by <laughs> Marv Wolfman and Jim Aparo. And the plot is basically the same as Ten Nights of the Beast, except this time he's killing Soviet operatives. So Batman has to go to Mother Russia and work with basically the Russian version of Jim Gordon. And it was it it was definitely the highlight of I think I read that in like uh, July or something. And it was definitely the highlight of my month. It was very entertaining. Oh, I gotta check that. I believe, I believe that's Batman four forty five to four forty seven. If if anyone's interested, but yeah, and NKV Demon, you can't make this up. 
You really can't. NKV Demon. Yeah, although the more entertaining thing to me was, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but the, the basically the Russian version of, uh, of Jim Gordon. I want to say his name is like... Um, Ah, Nikita something, um, but I just I don't remember Gordinsky. his last name. Um, yeah, but it was uh, it was it was it was also very entertaining. So if you read Ten Nights of the Beast oh, and you want to follow up, go read that. And there's some really cool covers from Brian Boland, so that's also worth it. All right, that's all I got about that. Yeah, it's Gregor Dozinski. Was it? Was that it? Oh, I was yeah. way off. Gregor Dozinski. He, yeah. you know, he looks like a weird mix of Deadshot, Deathstroke, and a demon. <laughs> it's really freaking weird. Yeah. 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 NKV demon. Oh my NKV god. Demon. I wish I, I wish right. I could be that clever. I wish I could be that clever. <laughs> oh, he was attempting to assassinate Mikhail Gorbachev. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, like I said, it's it's essentially the same thing. It's just now yeah. we're doing it in Russia, but, but it's, it's really just an excuse to like get that. Bruce to go to Russia. Um, so you, you know, have a little bit of international intrigue and that sort of thing. There's one actually. From the new fifty two. Yeah, that was in like an annual, I think, or something. I was unaware of this. I don't remember. It's not actually showing me anything about him. (laughs) Just he was there. I believe that was in that was in the was like the the annual where Alfred had died and one of his old friends had come and. Um, something like well, that, I think. Uh, but I, apparently, I according to DC.Fandom, the uh, New 52 version, his first appearance was in Aquaman and the Others, number 7, in January 2015. Interesting. What an odd title for him to pop in on. Yeah. Now I want to go read it just to find out why. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would I would say I read 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 his first appearance in four forty five. That yeah. that to me is is ultimately the more entertaining one. Honestly, I would say that's the more stereotypical portrayal of the the Soviet agent of that time. But I I think that's just because. Well, I, I shouldn't say that, so I'm not going to. Anyway, <laughs> um, that, that one is also very entertaining. All right. Well, I guess uh, we can move from teenagers to adults. At least, I'm all right mostly. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess we're on the mostly. topic of Batman, so let's talk about Batman. Well, um, I am Batman. Probably not the Batman. No, I yeah, am Batman. The, uh... I am Batman. No, I am Batman. I am Spartacus. The Spartacus moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are doing a Spartacus. Thank yes. you, Rob. <laughs> awesome all right well i am batman number 12 written by john ridley with art colors and cover from christian deuce and rex locus with troy patiri on letters um starts out with the question renee montoya basically explaining that they're there to investigate anarchy's murder and she's asking permission to do so 
Jason's a little confused. Renee explains the dynamic of how, you know, that's how shit works in Gotham. And uh, Jace says, well, he's not that Batman. The two of them then talk to Detective Chubb, who is less than pleased that there's another mask in New York City. Then they uh, they start their investigation with Morris Caulfield. The trail goes deeper as the two continue to investigate, and they find Danny Chan, a protester and organizer, was picked up by a special task force the night he was found beaten to death. And that task force was led by none other than Mike Keenan, who is the same detective that Batman and Chubb have been having issues with. Um, Same one that wanted to shoot Batman. Uh, The same one that Chubb did shoot. Meanwhile, little Tiff is morphing into a little vigilante sidekick, and it's it's not even hiding it a little bit. Um, I love the art. I, I I love this story. I like where it's going. Uh, if they would have introduced this as somebody other than Batman, I don't know that they would have had the fan support that uh, that it does have. I I want. To, I want to say I hope that it would because these are really good stories. But uh, regardless, I am Batman, the next Batman. This Batman is badass, and I have not quit loving it yet. 8.25 out of 10. Yeah, I'm loving this. I I keep saying the new direction since we got to New York has been fantastic, and this is no difference. We're, We're giving Jace a crash course in detective work, and I'm all for that. If he's definitely going to be a new Batman, the one thing Batman should always be is a detective. Uh, The one thing that kind of stuck out at me is when Jace and Renee were interrogating that guy on his private property. And the second he said, uh, Tanya Fox, not Tanya Fox. Oh my God, I can't remember the name. Damn. It was Tam, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Tam Fox, and he just says, "Keep her name out of your mouth." Like, why? Why are you doing that in your costume? You, you're, did you forget right. you had a secret identity, or was this did did John really just do a dig at Will Smith? Though, don't you talk about my mama? <laughs> like, at least Jace didn't just go up and slap the man. Like, <laughs> right? I don't know. I thought that was weird. Like I understand oh, wanting to protect epic. your sister and 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 everything, but wait till you're like away. <laughs> like, go complain to Vol later. This guy was talking about my sister. Like I get it, but you're in costume, right, like, man. <laughs> it was, I it was, was this close from slapping the teeth right out of this dude's mouth, man. <laughs> you know, just it it was completely out of left field for me that he just blurted that out, and then nobody even gave it an eye bath nobody brought it up not even renee said anything they just ignored the fact that he he just all of a sudden batman cares about tam fox it was really weird uh apart from that though i I think it's a really good direction i'm excited to see uh see a new robin potentially get get jace a little bit of a sidekick um we'll see how that goes uh for this issue though 8.5 out of 10 Maybe even eight point seven five. I'm just really enjoying it. It's it's good. I like this new Batman. Yeah. Me too. 
Oh, I, I have nothing new to add that, that I hadn't said in, in uh, previous months. Still kind of dragging story for me. Um, I like seeing Renee Montoya. I think they have a, a or Jason and Renee, I should say, have a great dynamic. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's still not really doing it for me. So I gave this a 7.5. I feel like I'm not really the fair person to even talk about this book. I feel like it's just not working for me. But it was, and it had moments where it does, but... I still just I uh, I can't really get into it so. Yeah, fair. Well, that's a bummer. Brandon's like, I wish you guys didn't like it, so we didn't have to fucking read this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would definitely make my life easier, but I don't know. I mean, I have hope that maybe it could pick up, but yeah, it's uh, it's not right now, at least. I mean, do you at least feel it's better than when he was in Gotham in the first five or six issues? Uh, marginally, but yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there have been there have been moments where I'm like, yeah, this was a really good issue, but um, for the most part, it just it kind of feels like, to me at least, dragging speed. So, but I don't I don't want to shit on it endlessly, um, especially if you guys really enjoyed it. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, no, it's uh, just just not uh, not my cup of tea. And speaking of things that are not cups of tea. Dark Crisis. Wow, that was terrible. Um, Dark, I don't even know what I was going for there. Uh, Dark Crisis I, I, Rolls crisis Without a Justice League. League. Now, did they, oops, yes. just kidding, Dark Crisis on Infinite Frontiers Worlds Without a Justice League this? I forgot to look. Um, wait, what do, you, what do you mean? Like you like know they, how like they, they went back and retitled the the old Dark, Dark Crisis. Oh, books? they did not. No, they did not. No, they so did. these no, ones don't get the. These ones don't get the special. Just no. kidding. Now like, that that would truly yeah no that would truly be a scam if they went back and retitled every single book that they put out with the Dark Crisis branding. Um, well, I mean, so since they've that, done the yeah. announcement, you would think that the books that they're putting out right now would have that branding on it, and they do not. That. That's yeah. why I. Well, I, don't, like, I don't think no. they're going to do that much. Also, that is just a huge waste of paper. But um, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, no, this is Dark Crisis: Worlds Without a Justice League, Green Lantern number one, Black Knight, Red Hood, also Black featuring Hot Girl. Um, <laughs> this is brought to us by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art from Fernando Blanco, some really nice colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Troy Pateri. This is a story that's honestly, I mean. For uh, all the world building that is a part of this, which seems to be par for the course with uh, with uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson these days, his, his world building is, is almost yeah. always what I flag about his stuff. Um, but yeah, for all the world building that goes into this story, it's actually a very quick and, and uh, quite fast read, at least it was for me, um, and, and can be summarized fairly quickly. Um the Green Lantern Corps that exists on the John Stewart Green Lantern Earth, known as the Watchtower, um, or at least an elite subsection of the Green Lantern Corps uh, known as the Watchtower, are fighting off a horde known as the Radiant Dead, which are all led by a malevolent entity called, uh, and I completely forgot, so that's why I had to remind the myself, Radiant the Bright Dead. Revenant. Yes, Bright Revenant. the Radiant Dead. Yeah, the Bright okay. Revenant. Um they are completely screwed, or at least it looks that way. 
um, and they need to call on their their uh, their savior, their last minute protector, John Stewart, who on this earth is known as the Guardian. Um, I got that right, right? That's that that is his name. Um, yes, and then the so, group the group of the aliens was the. Oh shit! I just said it. What was it called again? I thought they were called the Radiant Dead. The Radiant Dead, and then yeah. the baby was the Bright yeah. Revenant. Right. Yeah. Isn't that what? Did I, yeah. Did I did I not say that? I thought I said that. I think I was just trying to keep that straight in my head. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. The bad the the baddies are called the Radiant Dead. The goodies are the Green Lanterns, known as the Watchtower, and the big bad is is uh, is the Bright Revenant. So we're all we're all good. We're all baby. caught up. Yes, and John Stewart is the guardian, the guardian who is is almost like this messiah, this savior figure who comes to save them in their time of need, and has done so in the past, which uh, is further spelled out um, in a story that uh, John's mother is telling his sister, um, and basically John goes helps his his fellow lanterns, at least his his fellow lantern team, and then that's it. Like that's the story. Um, so, so as I say, it's it's not a very, I don't know. It's, it's it's at least for me, it was it was a really quick read. Like John goes to fight the Bright Revenant, has a pretty easy time with him, given that he is the guardian and the savior. Has his accolades, flies back to Earth to reunite with his family, and then that's it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, and I, right. I don't know. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, for for as short and as brief as it was, like I feel like you could do a whole series of stories set with this concept, and I, I love the idea of John. Uh, it's it's only briefly mentioned, but I love the idea of John going through the multiverse as like a, a lantern protector. Um, that that in and of itself is just such a great idea that I would love to see explored. But I know they're only gonna you know do this one shot. Um, but it, for for all the great ideas, it was just a really short story, and so that's. Right? Kind of why it it uh, ultimately uh, falls short of its full potential. So, well, I gave this an eight point two five out of ten. I feel like were this, let's say, an annual or you know an eighty page giant like an Elseworld story or something like that, um, where they really had a full story that they could do. Um, you know, I, I feel like this could this could have been something really really special. But for now, it's just it's kind of like a, a fun, enjoyable alternate take on John as he's living um, on his own earth, uh, you know, under pariah's control. But um, again, I would love to see this concept further explored. They did that with, uh, Johnson did the, the future state um, uh, house of L story that, that we covered way back when, when we first joined the show, Rob, I don't know right. if you remember. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, I thought that was a great idea, a great concept, like a legacy of Superman and the fan response to that that one shot was so popular they actually brought them back for an annual in action comics that I, I think we covered, but I don't remember. Um, I would imagine. So I don't know. We maybe did. maybe there's a yeah, maybe there's a chance that they could they could bring this world back. But I would love to see it. I feel oh, like there's just a lot of great concepts here that they could run with. Um, there's also the Hot Girl backup, which is by Jeremy Adams and Jack Herbert. This one can definitely be summarized in in. Uh, I, well, I won't say forty characters or less, but um, basically, it's it's not it's not very long. Hot girl, at least on her Earth, is Hawkman. Essentially, she is a an archaeologist, kind of, but also with a with an Egyptian twist. Um, I mean, well, I guess she's always had Egyptian roots, but 
I think this time it's, it's even more emphasized that everything that had been in the past is kind of forgotten and all the reincarnations and all that stuff is, is being wiped. And um, at this point, she's just sort of free to enjoy her life. Um, and we see her tackle uh, some skeletons, makes quick work of those, and then that's it. Um, so, you know, hot girl is doing her thing on her earth. We get a, a brief glimpse of that, and then we're out. Um, I guess the thing that people will probably talk about is the last panel with Pariah, where uh, he's sort of, you know, laughing and, and is clearly spectating the whole thing. And you, you can tell that Pariah is, is still keeping a close eye on all the heroes. And, and I imagine that that's probably what is going to get people interested. Like he's, he's still maintaining an act of control in the justice league. And we're all just waiting to see how they'll break out. Um, but uh, for now, you know, he's keeping a close eye on them all, but I thought the backup was fine, you know, serviceable enough, um, but uh, nothing special really. So that one I gave a seven, um, but the whole thing I'll give an eight actually because I I did again conceptually I really liked the first story and I would love to see more uh, of that world, um, but uh, I I imagine unless there's just a huge cry of of uh, support um, from fans um, I imagine we probably won't see it again which is a shame because be like done in an oversized you know uh, a one shot or or you know prestige format one shot or something uh classic elseworlds annual or something like that it could have been a really really cool story with, uh, uh, with hey, john and this we're world. in dc man it's, uh, it's there somebody will there somebody will always pick up some story later on yeah yeah i hope so well i would just i would love to see this team you know do another one um that would but, be uh, cool. i'm not i'm not holding my breath um all right so basically john prayed and something made him because i couldn't figure out who i guess it doesn't really matter john prayed and he was given these amazing lantern powers and it looks like he can bring people back to life um the i was confused going into this though because i just i just assumed that Hal going to John's fake planet in the lead up to that book would result in Hal being in this book, but it totally did not. He's not even in it for a second or even referenced. Um, in the hot girl story, I feel like this one carries implications because while um, losing their memory, which, I mean, this is something, it depends on who's writing it, what decade it is, but Kendra sometimes does and sometimes doesn't remember everything. Sometimes she's got amnesia. Sometimes she is a co-archaeologist uh, with Carter. Um, well, Shaira, uh, I think, was the, the, co, um, the co-archaeologist. Kendra... Oh Lord, no! Let's not even let's not even attack that. Um, I, I could I could I could try and break down the Hawks history, but uh, we're already like nothing at the more end confusing of our than why Hawks why do that? Yeah, no, I could. Oh, I, no, I'm no, like, no, no, no! I could, would, dude. I if we could sit it, there yeah. and get taken to school on Thanagarians, I am down for a whole episode of just listening to you do that. For suffice real. it, I'm yeah, not I'll, even I'll, <laughs> Suffice it to say, I'll make a I'll make a long story short. Shaira, who was the first incarnation of the the Hawks, let's let's, let's Hawk simplify. Woman. Was yeah. traditionally yes, was traditionally the archaeologist Kendra, who was I believe distantly related to or somehow related to 
Shaira had the memories of reincarnation, but was never actually, you know, uh, um, experienced the lives of, of uh, the previous Hawks. Um, I feel like I butchered that. So if I, at some point we could do a full thing, but I'm not, I'm not even going to do that. But anyway, Kendra is not the archaeologist. Shaira usually was. And Shaira is on Earth with the JSA right now, I think. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yes, she is. Um, all right. Anyway, it, 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 she, uh, Kendra lost her immortality. Uh, for some reason, it seems like she's going to be an important part. Of, it feels like she's going to be an important part of the story like she was in Death Metal. Uh, not sure why, but I mean, I guess let's see what happens. It wasn't a bad book. I just don't see how the, I really don't see how either one of them connect to the outer story at large. Um, they, it's just done in the loosest of ways, but it, both stories were really good. And both ones, both of them had great art. Uh, seven out of 10. I gave it seven point. I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, it's a cool world, bro. Cool world. Cool world, bro. T-shirt. <laughs> like I'm, I'm still going into these with a completely different idea in my mind of what I thought was going to happen, and that it was going to be not just here's what's happening on these worlds, but it's going to be like a, a concrete tie-in to what's going on in the main story, and just teases to machinations instead of just like a last panel tease at something that nobody knows what the hell's going on besides Joshua Williamson um <laughs> we saw the cover to uh Dark Crisis number six I think it was where it showed the Justice League in their worlds without a Justice League versions heading towards Earth together so you get the sense that this is all leading to something special but for each of these individual individual stories it's kind of just dull and i don't know what the point is because like you said brandon it would be so cool to see more of this and i'm so down for this as for this world it is very interesting all the different things they have going on and in different character styles and and backgrounds there's a lot to explore here and we're not getting any of it but also like you said josh i am also disappointed that last week we saw hal appear on that world and yet you'd think he'd be in this issue but he's not so again it's not tied in directly at all which is just it's just it feels confusing yeah yeah like i'm seeing i'm I'm with you guys as a matter of fact just let me, I'm sorry to interrupt here, but yeah. before I forget about saying it, um, the dynamic of what's going on with the Green Lantern stories and like current mainline uh, DC right now, I feel like they really need to take a whole bunch of inspiration from what's going on in this book and fix the shit that they've done. Yeah, <laughs> I don't don't make John an actual literal god because that's a bit too much. But but follow yeah, that suit, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm seeing. I still that... think multiversal lantern is a great pitch. Although multiversal again, lantern, that's, I'm that's probably, I'm all about oh, it. Yeah. That's, that's that's probably veering a little bit too much into the the Morrison territory because they kind of did the whole like let's team up with a bunch of different Green Lanterns from different universes. And I know 
I know some people didn't like that, but fuck them. Oh, so I don't know. I'm sorry. Bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they, what they need um, to do is get yeah, one person to volunteer to be merged out of every single Lantern Corps, and 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 they will become the the ultimate Lantern. They'll they'll just become Spectrum. And it, that'll be it, Kyle. They, well, kind of, sort of, yeah. yeah. And 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 I think he would be the better one, but yeah, John's John's a good John's a good idea too. Yeah, it was funny we were talking I'm, I'm about just multiversal lantern, and yet today I decided to just reread some of Wrath of the First Lantern, who was from like Earth twelve. <laughs> if any, if ever there was a multiversal lantern, at this point is Volthoom. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> um, I think I had enough of Volthum reading Wrath of the First Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, wait didn't he didn't he didn't he come back in that that there's like an arc in Green Lanterns where he was yeah like I, I, I fuck that or was it Volthum's ring? I don't remember. It was Volth. Uh, see, that's this is where that that whole <laughs> I enjoyed Green Lanterns, but this is where it gets convoluted, mm-hmm. and I think that's why people didn't like it because it's very fucking confusing. <laughs> I yeah, especially where the play. guardians come into play yeah well it would, it would definitely play fast and loose with a lot of continuity but uh yeah it's uh that feels par for the course with lantern stuff these days i mean even you pointed out like for as much as i love that run the the morrison stuff was pretty disconnected from everything that had happened in Hal's and pals especially that you know the ending so um uh, yeah, I feel I feel like that's part of the course where you just have someone come and is like, eh, I kind of just feel like doing whatever the hell I want. Um, yeah. I don't really want to do what you did, um, and I don't really care what you did. So I'm gonna do my own thing. And then a boo boo. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am all for a Grant Morrison Green Lantern, but if it's like the main continuity stuff, it was a bit out there. I don't know for me. Anyway, <laughs> for this though, uh, these stories though, I, I'm getting the feeling yeah, it's to show us what each member is needing to give up when they come to and come back to the real world just to like tug at our heartstrings, like John giving up global peace and Clark having to give up spending those those missing years with John and being a family throughout his teenage years and like, that that is definitely something that is heavy but something about this whole idea just feels off and i can't quite put my finger on what it is but i think it's just the fact that it's weird disconnected and and random and i don't like it but something i don't know um the hot girl (laughs) i think also had a pretty cool story but i find it weird that her ideal world is just being mortal I, i get that resurrecting and having all these lives can be a bit daunting and probably weigh on you a lot but i'm still surprised that that is like the dream world it's just i if i die i die and that's what i want and why did pariah get so happy about specifically that (laughs) it's it's i don't know this was weird i i'm enjoying the worlds but if this is the only time we're going to see these worlds it kind of sucks so I don't know. 7.5 out of 10. That's what I'll give it. I feel like that well, was a really that's what it's it got. just me complaining. I don't you know I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about these stories anymore. 
Well, I, I do have one Dark thing to say just about the title, um, and then I, 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 because I was just thinking about what you said about what, maybe what was the point of these one shots, and the the title of the book, not to get like all you know English student, but the title of the book is Dark Crisis: Worlds Without a Justice League, not World Without a Justice League, because we're not looking at Earth Prime and seeing what the yeah. world is like. It's it's all these different worlds that don't have a Justice League, but have one hero acting as the protector in some way or another. Um, yeah. And it's, I guess, giving us visions of if these people were kind of on their own, but still had elements of their own mythology as a part of them, just not the Justice League, what would that look like? Um, and as that ties into Dark Crisis, I guess we'll, we'll ultimately see what the point is. But um, as a concept, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but I, no. I do agree, at least with uh-huh. you, Rob, that... Um, maybe it does kind of have to serve some some purpose down the line. Uh, otherwise, so I mean, so basically, it sounds like there is no purpose to these books, though. Yeah, it's just like they're almost dark well, crisis. Yeah, we just what we if. don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, right. well, we again, as a concept, I don't hate that. It's just, yeah, if 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 we're well, if if they're sort of painting them as being important and instrumental, then. I guess we're all just waiting to see how they're going to be an important and instrumental. If they're not, yeah. then, you know, they're just fun, I guess, yeah, I almost said other world, Elseworlds um, style stories of, you know, what if all these people were heroes, but, you know, just without the, the context of the Justice League, which, again, as, as fun one-shots, which that's cool. they don't but, need. Um, you know, you don't, you, you just you don't need to slap a, a dark crisis label on that if that's the case um just yeah right just it's misleading world's annual mm-hmm. yeah yeah as a concept very cool but the execution very poor yeah well i would say the execution with the context of dark crisis um although yeah. well yeah. well maybe maybe you just didn't enjoy the story that's that's also fine i don't know i mean, but, I, I enjoyed um, the story i just as a tie-in, yeah, with with Dark Crisis, it just kind of bogs down on it. If it was just its Does own it Elseworlds, like they did in the nineties with the Elseworlds, yeah, books, like if if and it was like like triple yeah, size. If, if the Dark yeah. Crisis label was not on the book, um, mm-hmm. it, it would totally probably different feel interpretation. Like, oh yeah, this is just kind of cool. Yeah, um, but yep. it's it's the fact that it's there. But anyway, we we've talked this one to death. Let's move yeah. on to our top three books of the week. Starting with you, Josh. What were your top three books? Number three, I am Batman. Number two, Son of Kal-El. And number one, Deceased. All of them were excellent, and it was really tough for me to pick them. Deceased wins out, man. That one that one just gets me. Gets me every damn time. I don't care what you say, Brandon. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite That's moment. <laughs> my favorite moment actually comes from Batgirls, though, where uh, Steph is whooping on KG Beast, and she goes, "Ah, you thought you could take the Batgirls by surprise? I love that for you. That's exactly <laughs> how I read that when I read the captions. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So that got my favorite moment this week. All right. Uh, what about me? you guys? I had a bit of a surprising one. Uh, number three, I had Future State Gotham. I thought uh, getting to where we're going, this being, I believe, is the last story arc, I thought it was really cool to finally see all the Batman show up and get ready to have a brouhaha. Uh, number two, I had Harley Quinn. Again, surprise, really enjoyed it. Uh, and number two, or number one, I also had Deceased. 
everything you already said, Josh. It, it's it's a fun book. Getting watching all these heroes get eaten. Uh, for favorite moments, <laughs> oddly enough, I was debating because I couldn't think of one that stood out. So at first, I was going to put as a favorite moment, Cisco uh, defying all logic of uh, of uh, Graham Bell's technology and using a landline outside. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> instead, I decided uh, Darkilocide was just fucking fantastic. <laughs> I had a good chuckle about that. Excellent. How about you, Brandon? Uh, number three, I had Batgirls. Uh, number two, I had Superman, Son of Kal-El. And at number one, again, just one that I, I definitely enjoyed more than, than most of the other books this week, um, even if I would have preferred a longer version of it. Um, but that was uh, Dark Crisis, World's uh, Justice League, Green Lantern. Again, great concept, pretty solid execution. Just if, if, if we'd gotten more of this, if we'd had a longer version, it would have, I think, been something really special. Um, yeah. Favorite moment definitely goes to um, John facing off against the Bright Revenant. Um, and, and just blasting the crap out of him um, was was definitely something really cool. Um, he so. just flew. I I did love the way like he, and it didn't feel stupid or cheap, but how he just basically like flew up there, went smack smack, and then flew back home. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what I was like. It was so decisive. It, it was almost it was almost like a like a like a like a bit like ah all right. I'll just take care of this monster. I'll be back right, right, uh, right, quick. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that was funny. It was a good story. It just it wasn't. If it had no, like you said, if it had no attachment to Dark Crisis, if if Worlds without a Justice League was just a new Elseworlds label, this totally would have been taken a different way, and also been that totally. Would be Great Elseworlds label, my God! Right, and 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 this could have easily been stretched out for three to six issues. Damn! Or you know if they made it like a graphic novel format, not even I know, right, Brandon? It's a great idea. You know, you know what I I know? No, I was thinking because I, um, because I just I just finished it recently. Well, refinished it, I guess I should say. Um, Seven Soldiers of Victory. Which is like that that meta series idea of like okay here's the first like one shot of the story and then a bunch of mini series that are all under that story and then we finish it with that one and I'm I'm thinking like that? what if you did a meta series yeah, for I worlds without a Justice League yeah that would be uh, such uh, a uh, I know Brandon I know Brandon could do it <laughs> if he had your help yeah let's oh, do man, it yeah I'm down for that. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep spiraling if Let's I keep thinking about it. it. But anyway, that, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's why that's why I like having you around, Josh. You always have good ideas. Yeah. I'm not I'm not creative enough. Not creative enough. I come up with the ideas. You write them. Is that how this works? <laughs> yeah, that's how this works. <laughs> and I'll take credit for it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, that's horrible. It's like Lee and Kirby. Oh. You give me the ideas, and I'll take the credit. Oh. Uh, oh. Ouch. Oof. Shit. That ain't. That ain't. <laughs> you deserve that. <laughs> uh.
Oh, man. Speaking of things that uh, deserve a bit of a boo... You guys, uh, were you were you mad because I because I said Lee stole from Kirby? Or are you mad because it's true? <laughs> no, I, I'm 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 mad because it's true. Yeah. I was like, why yeah, are you booing me? Exactly. I'm right. And I was about to say that. <laughs> and I was like, why are you booing me? I'm right. You know I'm right. Because <laughs> no, I'm right. Okay, so it's it's messed up, but like I want to love Stanley. Because you know he's such a beloved dude. Oh, I still do, but I mean, but it's, 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 it's just true. like I mean, he, he I don't love ideas. him as much as like I guess the average person does. He was very influential. He made a lot of things happen. Stan Lee is behind a lot of good stuff, but he was also a very ruthless, busy ma- businessman, and um, he he was not shy about being a thief whatsoever. Yeah. Well, I just I, I knew that the the first time the first time I ever realized that Challengers of the Unknown was created by Jack Kirby, I was like, oh yeah, Stanley did not create the Fantastic Four. It's just it's just facts. Like even even yeah. if personality wise, he was able to give a lot of them elements of their character, which he probably did, um, and th- and that's why I do think of their collaborations as a partnership. At least with some ideas, conceptually, I'm like, there's no way you came up with that. Because you, you look at the challenge of the unknown, and you look at the Fantastic Four, and I've already made this joke before, but it's literally like that meme about the office where it's like corporate wants you to tell the difference between these two things, and you can't. Even if there are tweaks in the history, like that, that concept of the four explorers, it, it, it's just so similar. It's like, there's no way. Yeah. I, I, I'm almost certain... There was some kind of conversation where Jack was like, hey, I had this idea of the four characters and DC didn't really run with it as much as I wanted them to. And Stan's like, well, we could do something like that. That was a terrible Stanley impression. And then the Fantastic Four was born. Um, but yeah. that, that's a whole other topic of discussion. We can, uh, we can move on to our, our, our stinky think, portion of the evening. I think we just split it down the middle and just read Dodgers of the Fantastic. Yeah. And that's it. Which is a is a delightful read, by the way. <laughs> Indeed. And then cleanse your palate. As is all the Amblegam ones, as cheesy and 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 yeah. and corny as they can can be in art. Um, and yeah, strangely enough, there's an overdose of Batman in those two. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> more than any other character, but they're fun. I think my I favorite is still Spider Boy. Spider Boy, Spider Boy, again, yeah, that was interesting. One. I wish I could be that clever. Spider Boy, or no, no, Spider Boy and Doctor Strange Fate. Doctor Strange Fate was interesting. Doctor yeah. Strange Fate, oh, that's so good. That is so good. Super Soldier, I found kind of dull. I still haven't read that one actually, but I mean, it was like, I, I don't know if that was just out of, out of but... fear and anticipation. Yeah, like, did Red you read Skull Bruce Wayne, the, Agent the of Shield? Skull? I did, and that one is also delightful. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon. Oh man, there's so many of them. I love yeah. them. Yeah. I've got them all. I wish I like maybe I could take pictures of them. And... <laughs> oh, Doctor Doctor Strange Fate. I think that one's that one's definitely my favorite. That is that is just so good. It was so. You can't, you can't say that name without smiling. Yeah. Right. Doctor Strange Fate. <laughs> Uh, that's good, but I suppose we should talk about the bad, eh? Yep. I suppose. Alright. It's time for... 
I'm just gonna mine's come out and say Woman, it. No what, question what about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's Wonder Woman. No question about it. So. Yeah. Mine is Wonder Woman oh, with one note. Just the same kind of silly, unimportant story that works for Batgirls does not work for Wonder Woman. You're gonna have to take a different approach, or just stick to Batgirls. You guys are doing a good job on Batgirls. Quit doing a bad job on Wonder Woman. Stop it. Stop it now. You can have whimsical Wonder Woman <laughs> stories, but this is not the way to do it. This no. is not the way to do it. No. Save whimsical stories for when she's doing shit like fighting Grail. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that I would call that whimsical, but it definitely yeah, has elements of deadly. whimsy, say that. <laughs> it does. Um, it's yeah. whimsical to um, me. <laughs> although, again, I'm just saying, if you really want to really go for the big swing... Bring back, bring back the uh, the aforementioned 1971 powerless Wonder Woman, where she fights using karate and dresses in trendy clothing. <laughs> it's there, it's on the well, table. You want to honor the legacy? It makes sense. It. There's a, yeah. there's more than enough wonders to go around. And and I know there were accusations that that it was incredibly sexist, which it was. But I think there's a way you can kind of reclaim it. I, I know there is. There has to be. So Well, yeah, she loses her powers and she doesn't want to stop helping people, especially when her best friend and her ex-boyfriend and her other ex-boyfriend have their own spy organization of which she's pretty much a part of already. Yeah. That would just be the perfect transition. I mean, if that was to happen, now is the time. Give Brandon what he wants, DC. Yeah. Yes. They can bring back the invisible jet. Yes. Bring back um uh I think his name is I Ching. I want to say his name is I Ching. He was he was in he was in Morrison's Batman like for a brief moment. I think they they just like reference that he exists or or he shows up for like a panel or something. And <clears throat> my thought was like, well, if he's still there, if he's still in continuity, then that that has to mean that this ridiculous mod era wonder woman happened at some point in the past so you know maybe it's time for a proper reunion maybe yeah. she goes undercover and she no, runs into eaching for some reason or another and it's like oh my god i haven't seen you in years how have you been and it's it's a very classic reunion and, and eaching's like i didn't even know you had become an amazon again i thought you were still running around in in fashionable clothes and I'm, I'm spiraling. <laughs> my point is, there's something you can do here. They scrapped that whole thing from existence. It never happened before. And yeah. then she goes out and she's trying to find, after she's lost her powers, she wants to make sure that she is the honed warrior that she thinks she is or should be. So she goes off and she spars with everybody and finds herself a match for everyone. She kicks Steve's ass, she kicks Siggy's ass, she kicks Batman's ass. Um, she's kicking everybody's ass, right? And then... Oh, 
crap. Where was I going with that? I think it was transparent. <laughs> and then she goes to the store and buys more trendy clothing. Then she, oh, oh, oh no, 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 oh, then, then she, then once she gets through all the, like, the people we would expect her to try and spar with, she goes and fires Yiching. And he trains yes. her yeah. to be the better. After she warrior. buys trendy clothing. After she trendy buys clothing. trendy this clothing. This is non-negotiable. This hey, is non-negotiable. Hey, uh, Gal Gadot. It's about, she, it's about the aesthetic of the era. In the Wonder Woman movies that we recently have gotten, she's worn trendy clothing, so it totally fits. Exactly. Yeah. You just expect but, it but of the, the character. It's not. It's she's not. She's not. She's not wearing like retro seven. She's not like someone who's obsessed with like a retro aesthetic. She's wearing trendy clothing of today, which is what I think would be more hilarious. Like, if yes. you if you marry the new and the old, so you know it's not like. Oh, I'm just gonna run around in in bell bottoms and and other clothes that would be very dated. It's like, well, I'm going to be as trendy as I was then by wearing popular clothing. But um, and your clothing is outfitted like James oh, Bond's we're cars. About the biggest stinker. Yeah, we just biggest stinker. We lost the plot there. Wonder yeah. Woman stunk. That's the plot. <laughs> yes. The build up. The point is, is all Wonder gone. Woman stunk. Because I Ching was not there and because she wasn't wearing trendy clothing. That's why the book it, wasn't that's, good. That's not because of the milk plot. It's par for the course. Yeah. See, even Rob's dog agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that one might have been mine. Oh, maybe. But all right, I guess that is it for the biggest stinker, is it not, guys? Yep. Yeah. That's it. All right, you want to? We want to wrap this one up then. Yeah. Well, I mean, did we want to throw uh, Wonder Woman on the dump list? I know we talked about that last month. We're going to give it one more issue. Well, uh, that is up to you guys. I would be okay with it, but knowing that this is the last on the arc, do we know anything about a creative team change? Do we know anything about it? It is that the book staying is the heading? same. Yeah, creatives are the not The book's changing. creative team is staying the same. All right. We will, from, we will heretofore remove this vile book from our review list. Yes. It will be flushed. Yet closely monitored by me, and should it return to its former glory, we will be happy to bring it back in the show. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm just having fun I think you with just myself. Like using, you just like using that button. I you do. Just like using that button. <laughs> Expected. All right, gentlemen. Well, if there's nothing else to be said about the books this week, then we will call it a day and wrap it up. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, and we hope you'll stop by next week um, for. <clears throat> Next week's DC books. Um, remember to go to. Uh, oh my god! I, I, why is the website not here? Oh. Not a robot remember, podcast.com. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not. I have the buy me a coffee one, and it's not here. Oh. It's it's yeah. It's wait. It's it's buy me a coffee forward slash. I mean, it's the top of my script. I don't know why I'm. 
why I'm trying to come at it from memory. Um, God, remember to go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts uh, again for one time donation or subscription uh, for you know our, our Discord stuff and Substack and all that. Um, it's it's a lot of great stuff that we have available um, and it's definitely worth your time and I promise we make less mistakes than this um, so uh, trust me you'll be getting your money's worth uh, so with that there's only one way we say goodbye around here uh, until next time be good to each other and don't be a robot I just every time I see one of those fridges with the tablet on it I always think of that, that episode of Silicon Valley or Guilfoyle is trying to hack the fridge. Have you ever watched Silicon Valley? Uh, I have. I haven't seen every episode, but fucking love that show. Was that was that Jin Yang's smart fridge? Yeah, it was Jin Yang's smart fridge. Guilfoyle yeah. spends the whole episode trying to hack into it and succeeds. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get back into that show. Where where did you I, end off? The end of season one. Oh fuck. With the... oh man. The jerk off equation. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That one clip. We actually the, we tried to tiger show. Yes. A couple a couple of friends and I actually tried to like <laughs> tried to break down the that whole formula. So we're sort of like, okay, okay, okay. So like Theoretically, if we were if we were working with a different D2F, and it was, it was like all this like insane bullshit, that was just oh my god. I mean, how it was, it was like, the oh, it was the thing that you could only do when you're just completely bored and you have yeah. nothing else to do, and there's a whiteboard right there. Freaking I know you're in college. Are you in college or university? Well, you're in post-secondary, basically. That was that was high school, actually. Oh fuck! Yeah, that was yeah high just school. hearing the word like whenever you got a whiteboard near you, I never have a whiteboard near me, but I kind of want one. Oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Like when you're when yeah when you're in that setting, when yeah. you're just you're like four or five bored high school students, and you have a whiteboard, and you're like, you know what's a good idea? Let's yeah. see if we can actually try and understand this middle out formula. <laughs> I forgot that that was the inspiration of the fantastic. Uh, D2F though, like, there's so the many variables with D2F. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can go anywhere right. from, from Danny DeVito to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the D2F is just. That's what I'm saying. It's each yeah. each each D2F is, is going to be dependent on, well, a number of things. But we were, we were trying to break that down. We were like, well, you'd have to you have to factor in different. Like, I'm not gonna do this again. <laughs> but needless to say, we spent way too much time on this. Are you gonna spend the time sorting them by height, or are you just gonna like? Are you gonna do the whole yeah. method? Like, <laughs> Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, I could go all night talking about Silicon Valley. I fucking love it. Yeah. I think I think oh. we definitely lost it on like the if it's if it's tip to tip, what's the proper um what's the proper <laughs> method for, for for jerking off? And at that point we're just like we need to we need to do something else. This is how much <laughs> it is. Um, but we, we we could stop. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good times. Great yeah. memories. That's what yeah. I think that might be my next oh, reason. Yeah. And once I get through all this stuff in Philadelphia. Yeah.
fucked. Oh man, I need to rewatch that soon. Yeah. It's been so long. I've been binging that on the bus. It's fantastic. Are you are you are you just going through like random episodes or are you no, watching going through the whole thing? I started from season one oh, like nice. last Friday. I'm on almost on season three now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's amazing how fast that one goes by. I, oh, yeah. I, I got through like the first four in like a week and a half. Mind you, I was doing yeah. nothing else. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Maybe with my bus rides, I can get to two, maybe three episodes a trip. All right, you guys ready to get this party rocking? Yeah, this was day man yep. was stuck in my head yesterday. Day man, okay, I'm good. Savior of the night, man. Oh. Was it, wasn't that? They, I swear they had like that on, or they had that on like Broadway or something, right? Or maybe it wasn't. They, maybe maybe it wasn't Broadway, but it, they. I I know they had like some kind of. Yeah, they did a play. Performance or something. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that was in season five. It started out where they tried to do a band. No, I mean I mean like in like in real life. Yeah. Oh, in real life, really? I, I oh, swear, actually, no, I swear so they weird. did something like that. Yeah, I think they yeah. did. I feel like they did. Like they put on a, a show or a tour or something. I'm, I might just be full of shit, but I remember like seeing that somewhere. I think that up later. That would that would be that would be something else to see that live. Mm. I'm